Mike check, Mike check, one, two, what is this? You're now tuned into Imperfect Sense right here on Unified Radio.tv. I'm one of four hosts. I go by the name of Eric E., Mr. Dawson, whatever it is you call me. I beg you, please do not call me a midget. And to the right of me, I got the homie. <laughs> I got the homie Flesh with me. Hey, I got the homie Conway with me, the bully. You know what I'm saying? And we out here in location, New York, man, with a special guest. Matter of fact, we his guest because we're in his hometown. Yeah. But we are on site. And Mercy Studios, man, to sit down with the one and only Amir. What's going on, brother? How you doing, brother? Peace. You good? Man. You yes, good? Sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you sat down with us. I know we looking like a little fake-ass R&B group. Nah, nah. We all good. We all good, man. With you the matching. No, you got your own teams. thing going on, but I mean, I got the matching shorts. I'm worried. I'm worried about something. Well, oh, you oh, know they what? They do, they do. <laughs> you did, you, <laughs> nah, I left. I don't yeah, do jean right, shorts. But y'all good, though. Y'all good. Y'all good. You got a problem with jean shorts? Gangsta. Okay, we'll talk about this later on camera. But check this out, man. Like, look, we had to come all the way up here to the Big Apple, man. Because, look, Mia, he's a special artist, man. He got some mm-hmm. things brewing. Um, got some hits, man, that y'all going to hear later. So we Fire. Gonna sit, yeah, Fire. We're going to sit down, and we're going to talk about all that. But before we get into the actual music of it, Cold. we need yeah, we need Amir to go ahead and tell the world a little bit about himself, where he come from. Oh, yeah, man. I'm a man, man. Um, A.K.A. People, some people call me Peace Beloved or whatever. Um Mount Vernon, New Rochelle area, man. You know, um, spent some time living in VA mm-hmm. for a second. But those are the three <laughs> spots. <laughs> we yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, that's about it, man. And, you know, I'm here, man, just trying to have some fun. Uh, yeah, we're going to cut up a little bit. And, um, you know, that's pretty much proximity. But I live in a few places. If I... I you know, some some people will tell you that. Yeah, yeah. It's for the for the world that don't know you. See, we know you a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, so we, I, I appreciate we, that. Yeah, we know no, we know, yeah, we know so, yeah. a little bit about yeah. your background. Yeah. So for the, yeah. those who don't know, like your background, how did you get started in this music business? Oh man, um, damn. So initially, when I first first started, I was in the um, I was actually in the army at the time. Right. Uh, stationed at uh, Fort Bragg. I used to go to lunch. At lunch, I used to, I used to try to rent studio time and shit. Mm-hmm. Um. So I would do the studio time during lunch because, you know, they wasn't trying to let a nigga rock. Mm-hmm. So, fuck it. I was trying to squeeze the shit in. Nothing really happened. So when I got back home to New York or whatever, I was in the barbershop. And um, that barbershop I was in at the time um, was called uh, Flavors. Okay. And C.L. Smooth was in his haircut in there. And, um, One of the dopest. Yeah, he was in the shop. And my cousin was in the shop. said, yo, my cousin Ron. And... Um, he played this song that I had, this remix that I had. It was an Erica Badu remix that I did upstate with this kid named Jason, Jason Panucci, when I was out there at Bricks in Albany running around. Uh, and um, that record actually sparked his interest to how we became. Then after that, he was like, yo, that's your record? I said, yeah, I guess. And he was like, yo, if I had it, I'd be doing X, Y, Z. And my cousin was like, nah, he got it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, and then he said, yo, he gave me his number. And um, maybe he said, yo, hit me later. So I hit him up, ended up becoming cool, went by his crib, talked, chopped it up. And um, a couple of days later, he invited me down to Irvin Plaza, him and Pete was down there. Okay, Pete Rock. So, yeah, so that's how I got introduced to uh, Pete at the time. And um, I went down there, actually, funny shit was, see, I was like, yo, bring your clippers, because I was in the shop. I said, the clippers? Didn't I my clippers? I said, if I had like a little, I didn't, it was a bullshit, I didn't even need them. So I ended up going out there, and um, so they had doing like a small, like an East Coast run of a tour, and I ended up meeting him at Irvin Plaza. And that night, that's when I met Pete, AZ, and D.O., and, and everybody else. And yeah. Roots, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you said Mount Vernon, right? <clears throat> yes, sir. What are, whatever influences coming out of Mount Vernon that you looked up to? Um, Shit. You mean you had everybody from between Mount Vernon and New Rochelle. Actually, you had Brand Nubian. You had 
Heavy D and the Boys, you had uh, shit. Mount Vernon has a, a rich culture and music to be four square miles, but people forget that that whole Mount Vernon and New Rochelle, uh, let's say, uh, sector of right, like the northern part of the Bronx slash Lower Westchester, Yonkers. A lot of groups that matter of fact the whole uptown at the time. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? I'm not really I would that's before my time, but I do know from being around certain people that that was the time a lot of that stuff got, in my opinion, in matter of fact facts that it started to it grew. The seeds was from that particular town because you think you still had you had I'll be sure had a bunch, had a bunch had of old like, sure. like the like the classic guys, like mm -hmm. Al, Eddie, Eddie F, Heavy Dinner Boys, you had Eddie F, you had Have, you had G Wiz and and, and and Trouble T Roy from that group. You had Puff was out of Mount Vernon at the time. Mm -hmm. You had um, Pete Rock and CL Smooth. You had um, um, damn, I'm forgetting some of the some R&B singers that was out of Mount Vernon. Um, and Soul for Real used to be in Mount Vernon a lot. I don't think a lot of people remember that. Yeah, um, so they was that's out Candy there Rain, right? Yeah, they was out there a lot. Um, and those like the classic groups that I think at the time. Um, Uptown Records uh, was probably moving. A lot of that energy came out of Mount Vernon, and mm -hmm. then people always know Mount Vernon from like Puff and Heavy. Heavy D's cooked pretty much. Let's say the the king of the whole mm -hmm. town. Let's be clear, like right. as far as like notoriety and people knowing. Without have there would be no Puff. There would mm -hmm. be no anybody. Right. Out of Mount Vernon, so and I, think, always, I think that goes yeah, with a lot of people yeah. here. So uh, and a, and even influential, Heavy D was absolutely, and a lot of niggas that wasn't from Mount Vernon got put on, right? Because of Heavy D, mm -hmm. and um, you know, um, so you had have you had those guys, then you had the brand Nubians, uh, like, like a town, not even a town, over less than a, a stone, stone, a stone away. Mm -hmm. Um, in New Road, you had um, Puba, and you had Sadat, you had Stud Doogie, um, Alamo, and Lord Jamal. Those guys, you see them. You know, when I was younger, mm. you know what I'm saying? Um, yeah, these guys, yeah. those guys were around for, for a while, man. But they, they, they were the first, people forget that was also the first group to ever get five mics in the source as a group. Oh, brand new? Yeah, yeah. fat check. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow, I didn't know that. Yeah, so um, you had you had a lot of people uh, um, to look at, to study okay. growing up. You know, whether you was eight, nine, ten at the time, you could still study and watch these guys and mm -hmm. take a you know, uh, um, a page out of their book, man. And I, mm. I was always a student. Yeah. I'm constantly in student mode. So, yeah, I could say that. If you get Yonkers, too, you had the whole Mary J, DMX, Kiss, I mean, the whole D-Block, um, Locks and all that. Yeah, and, and I'm naming the groups that people just know, but from that particular little L-shape in Lower Westchester, 914-9, you had a lot of groups that that's influenced that That's a big pool of talent. Yeah. yeah. And first of all, to, to, to get... That stamp of approval, like a lot of times, a lot of artists, they go chasing for that stamp of approval mm -hmm. from a, a veteran in the game. Mm -hmm. Now, you didn't chase that stamp, but you got that stamp from CL Smooth, yeah. which I, for, for real, I think he's top MC, should be top MC in a lot of people's category. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I think a lot of MCs like himself go over top of people's heads. Yes. You know what I mean? When you talk about greatest MCs, like, they list the same few guys, like, mm -hmm. and, you know, and that lets me know that your music is kind of limited. Yes. On what you, on what you heard. Okay. So getting that stamp from CL, how did that make you feel jumping into the game? At, at that stage in my life, it was very, I think, honestly, I was very, I was on the wrong side of the tracks. Okay. When he, when he, when he, when he, 
you know? You was trying to get right. Yeah. Yeah, that's what we trying to get Conway right. Like, yeah, he know. almost there, man. He's <laughs> you know? he been on the wrong side of the tracks know? a long time, man. We you know? trying. Like, it's hard. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they don't know what happened when the cameras was, you know, off. Oh, yeah, five yeah, old yeah, You know what I'm saying? Like, My man, wow. Right? He wow. So, damn. I think in the stand from CL, man, it was very, um because he doesn't co-sign anybody for shit. Hell no. So. Sound like this guy, O'Shea, I know. Yeah. Right? Yeah, he don't stamp nobody. He yeah, it's a fact. Big facts. Big yeah. Facts. So when he did it, it was kind of like he brought me around. So my introduction to the music industry and started with him. Like, and even though we don't speak every day and speak hardly as much, um, I can't take him out of my story because that was the introduction to everybody else. You're telling your truth. Like, yeah. You're not just so, like making and then, it and yeah, forgetting about yeah, it. Yeah, so, so when he did that, then I met AZ through him. And then AZ started, you know what I'm saying? And Another D legend. And D.O. and those guys. So D.O. and Eddie F. took a liking to me. Yeah. So um, I was grown more or less at the time kind of by like guys who were already in, had done classic music and executives had already had 10, 20 years in the game. Mm -hmm. They had taught me. Mm -hmm. So I was getting groomed by these guys on the daily, you know what I'm saying? Sure. So it was... It hurts because you know shit and you can't really apply it because they have the power mm -hmm. and you just know what to do. But you, you, I can't make the phone calls they can make. But mm -hmm. I can be like, I'm not going to ask them to do it. Excuse me, because they look at me like a little brother. Like, man, come on, man. I heard you mention Eddie F. Yes. For those who don't know Eddie F, explain who Eddie F is to people real quickly. Well, shit, Eddie F is, um, Eddie F, man. He, um, one of the, um, Eddie F actually signed. Pete and CL. Mm -hmm. He was signed to See, people got to people got to know their yeah. history the because you know people people yeah. throw names out there and some of the youngins like yeah. a lot of times we don't you know I can't say we I'm not that young anymore but a lot of youngins they only know who they see on TV. That's a fact. You but know that, what I mean? But that's and, expected. That's yeah. expected. But so Eddie, sometimes F, you just got to give him a little lesson. Like now. you said to explain him, he was a DJ for Heavy D and the Boys, but he was also a producer. Yeah. That became an executive. You know. Then he started. You know. I guess people know him from you know working with the L.A. Reeds, the Andre Harrells, and mm -hmm. And uh, those powerhouse black executives that had a lot of clout within the music business, right? Um, he did Donnell Jones' album, per se. Like, not even per se, he did do it. Okay. Um, so he did, you know, Donnell Jones assigned Eddie F. He did that, and he had Pete and Sarah. So majority of the albums, the, the groups that he touched, he put out classic material with the guys that he touched. So what I learned from Eddie at the time, and even now he still speaks, he texts me almost almost every day. He'll DM me talking about, you know, COVID and all that, you know, Eddie's mm -hmm. a... People don't know he's super intelligent. Yeah. So he'll be, yo, man, what you think? So, but our relationship now is really not even based on the music. I may get like some knowledge, nuggets from him every once in a blue. He'll tell me, nah, you might think about this, do that. But, you know, he's on the technology space. Um, yeah. But f as far as production, he's done a lot of legendary, probably one of the guys, I guess, responsible for the whole, um, if I'm not mistaken, the new Jack Swing with Teddy Riley mm -hmm. and all of that. Yeah. yeah. He was one of the guys that was at the forefront of that particular movement as far as production. So I have a lot of, my grooming from these guys was very, like I said, my who's, earlier I was talking to my man over there, he said like being a fly on the wall and shit. Mm -hmm. And even after a lot of these stories had passed, when they began to trust me and tell me certain things, they it teaches you, you know what I'm saying? So I kind of like learned the game, guess backwards from an executive eye to artist standpoint. So it can become dangerous because now people don't want to fuck with you because they think you're too smart for your own good. Mm -hmm. And it's hard to trick you out of your spot. Yeah. So they'd rather not deal with you as an artist because they can find somebody they can, you know, do whatever they want to. But I keep hearing you keep saying the word learn, learn, learn. That's what's <clears throat> intriguing about us sitting down talking with you mm -hmm. is that the fact that you 
say you're learning and you're still learning. Yes, You know what absolutely. I mean? You're a great MC, you're a great musician, and you're still learning. A lot of these young cats mm -hmm. think they know everything. Yeah. You know and what I mean? Sometimes it's hard to sit down and talk to them. Yes, I say this, man, because when I meet a kid, he's like 18, 19, 20, he's trying to rhyme and shit, or he's trying to put together any form of music, and he's not teachable, mm -hmm. you know? Um, what can you say to him? It's not much you can say because it's going to bounce, right? So, but yeah. Like I told my nephew before, I said, they're young enough to make the mistakes, but they're old enough to know the difference. So in doing that, what's going to happen is they're going to waste time. I'm just trying to help you not waste time, my nigga. So I could tell you something, you don't have to listen. And you got dudes that are 50, 40, 30, whatever, still, they do the same shit these kids at 18, 19 are doing. Yeah. Because they don't know the difference between uh, some of those teachable moments and how to absorb it. So you have to know the difference when to be a student and when to be the teacher. But mm -hmm. I'm more... In my head, I'm, I'd rather be in student mode because that means I'm always, always. And able to apply it. Yeah. Yeah. So, can I, you want to ask me something, Conway? Uh, so, like, <clears throat> being from your background, like, what was one of the most, I want to say, just say it, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, what was one of the most fucked up things, like, coming up in mean, oh, your shit. background from that, from there to now? Like. Damn. Well, um, for me, traumatic or fucked up experiences man I, I think the black experience in America was fucked up right and not fuck. and we had a lot we beautiful people we make a lot of beautiful we actually shape culture our culture's been they stick the ivy into our culture to pump it to everybody else right right mm -hmm. so me once I began to have knowledge of that around cause I, I like I said I know a lot of rosters I know a lot of dudes that was Muslim I knew you see the 5% of the city you see the, the dudes selling hustling whatever and you got family in the South family in New York it begins to shape you to see things for what it is I think at the moment between 8 and 9 when I started to realize what shit was that made me look at the pre-traumatic experiences like say my father was deported he hasn't been back. I don't even really, I don't even know him like that, to be honest. It's not like the typical black. So he got deported for selling drugs, right? So shipped his ass back to Jamaica. He can't even come back to the U.S. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize how traumatic it was his absence, but I also didn't realize how much it helped me him, by him being absent because maybe my life is better by him not being present versus him being present because of his mind state, his teachings, right. and passing that shit on. So I don't look at it like from a standpoint of like, one traumatic experience, but let's call them traumatic experiences and experiences in harmony that create a song for us to write to, because this is what causes us to make music: is finding harmony in that pain, or finding the art in it to be able to voice it over some of the music that we get. So, for me, I would say that was 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 a was a was one of my moments that I I was like, oh shit, things have changed. No, when my brother got shot. And he called me on the phone telling me who shot him. That was it. That was to me a moment of like a oh shit moment. Um, watching certain things happen to certain people that were, whether it was violent or non-violent, traumatic moments. Like, but I think that trauma we all share, mm -hmm. right? Because we come from these environments where that is actually a commonality between no matter what region of the U.S. you're from. If it's a black community and, and it's despair right there. These and, these and the fucked up part is how we just normalize that. Now look at the question. Mm -hmm. Tell me about a fucked up experience because you know I had one. And then, right? See, see, yeah, but see, <clears throat> yeah. see, the thing is why I asked that. And not because, a fucked up question. No, 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 no. It. But yeah. because a lot of times, right, when a person gets to know an artist, they they want to hear the pain. The pain, yes. right? So I asked that question because 
I said I know you a little bit. Yeah, yes, sir, yeah. I mean, music, but yeah. a lot of people are gonna judge you off your music and try to say this and that. So I just want them to motherfuckers know, like. Yeah. No, my, no, I know. I know this is not my, 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 my. They can, you know, go do a a fact check on my story. Like most people. No, no, I don't really. I, I'm with that. Please go do that. Mm-hmm. I, I actually go do it. Mm-hmm. I really, mm-hmm. I, I, I actually push for that. So then. Other people to tell them that I, I am who I say I am. I'm not a tough guy, but I'm just a mirror. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I've I've seen shit. I've done shit. I'm not proud of shit. I've lied. I've cheated. I've been cheated on. I've done wrong. I learned from it. The thing is evolution. I didn't stay there. You mm-hmm. understand? So I didn't stay in those spaces. I I, I kept going. Oh, yeah. And, and like you were saying, um, you said earlier about having a, a background in the army. Yes, sir. Right. But you also educated. On a higher level, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the thing is, the thing that trips me out, what I want a lot of artists to understand is like, um, our narrative doesn't always have to be the same. Like they think that only way you can make it as a, a musician or rapper, you got to come from a certain type of struggle. You got to be stupid. You got to have your back against the yeah. wall. You got to be coming can't out of jail. You up. can't. You can't. It's like you know. They don't think that you can be educated and still get busy. Yeah, and still you know what I mean see, still be a hell of an MC. See. Because we make a choice to stay there. Now, some of us are staying there by circumstance, by parole. It could be a number. But we limit ourselves based on the choices we made in the past. Some of I had a, Maybe I had a horseshoe in my pocket and got lucky. Mm-hmm. If every one of my brothers been in jail besides me, I'm no different than my cousins and my brothers who may have had a, a record or a felony or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm no different than any nigga I've been around. That's just the facts. But if I didn't get jammed up, my story wouldn't be the same. Right. So, I say that yeah, we come from these dire, dire situations, but we don't have to stay there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, being educated, 80% of what I learned, I learned before I got to Fordham. Right. right? I was, mm-hmm. I've been, I went to Fordham University. I did a bachelor's there and a master's there, right? Mm-hmm. And then, and I did that shit in, in computer science and, and cybersecurity. Mm-hmm. I did an a, a undergrad in computer science at Fordham. I graduated, what, 2016? Mm-hmm. 2015, yeah. And um, I did a, ba- a master's in cybersecurity. Yeah. Yeah, and then, but I kind of did that because the shit gonna sound crazy. Cash was cash new. I did that shit because they was paying me to go to school, right? And they gave me more time to go to the studio and shit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, so they had, the army was paying niggas. They said, "Oh, you a vet? Did that same if you shit. did, you had they had this thing called the yellow ribbon program. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're a vet, go. You better go get that shit. It's a yellow ribbon program where they pay for." And it's a private school, so if the school is a yellow ribbon, they pick up the part of the tuition that the program doesn't pay. Mm-hmm. And then they give you a stipend every month to go to school. Mm-hmm. That stipend pays for your rent or your car note and food in your pocket. Me, I was still hustling, cutting hair at the time or whatever. I would take that money. Still doing an honest nine to five joint too. Yeah, See, like, this, is, this is what the youngest need to know. Like, yeah, I hustle, I hustle. They don't have to just always that, be on the block yeah, I put to get it down, money. Yeah, because it's not, I, 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 I knew that that was short-lived. Yeah. When I made my little right. moves, I was good. I have friends that are sit here and vouch. You could call them up. They'll be like, caskets. Anybody could tell you. Like, yeah. But I never will over glorify that part of my life because I was really lost. Mm-hmm. I wasn't found at the time. Yeah, people say I found God. I'm like, no. You didn't find God because he wasn't the one that was lost. Nigga, you was lost. Mm-hmm. How you going to find somebody you lost? Uh-huh. He not. It's the same thing with certain shit in your life. Like, oh, I found myself. No, you was never... Where was you lost at? It, that spot was already there. You just realized what it was worth. Mm-hmm. So I would say, in my opinion, yeah, man, the kids that, and just whether they're younger or older artists, whatever they are, 20s, 30s, whatever, you know, teens, 
you really, really got to practice, I would say, the art of making hard decisions when nobody's looking. Because mm-hmm. those are the shits that show up when the lights come on. Mm-hmm. Those decisions you make in the dark to show up in the light. Yeah. You know, yeah, and sure. so, and, yeah. See, um, the, see I'm my fault. Go ahead. Go ahead, Flash. Okay, yeah, because even speaking on it, I just wanted to know, um, what, when did you know that this is what you wanted to do? Like that, I always did it. I never stopped. That, that first, that first moment. I want to know when you, when that you passion. knew, with that passion from the beginning, my, okay, and you knew it. this is what it. I want to do. Perfect. My sister had um, what group was that? It might have been a bro. This had to. My sister had a. Uh, 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 I went through my sister's old tape. She had a rock cam tape. Right. On a fucking cassette, and I had an old, and I went to her old, and I got her old ass box, and I put that shit in there, and I played it, and it was just, and then you know you watching BET growing up, BET fucked me up, had me just shit was like a drug. You're like, oh, this shit is real, like this shit is crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think that MC for me at the, well, I didn't even see his videos. I think I went back, and that's when I found the tape, and she gave me her her collection of tapes and her box, and like you're here, play this. I don't need this shit. Mm-hmm. And when I started to dig through the shit, you know, blown the, the dust off it, trying to. And I started to write down his lyrics. Mm-hmm. So I wrote down his lyrics on the notebook. And I would, to be able to, 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 to rhyme along with him. Mm-hmm. And that was the that moment that I, and I never looked back from that day. Wow. The yeah. crazy thing is, I can, I can hear the fact that you, that you definitely studied the art when we, because we just sat here and went through a few of your records off, you know, a new project you got coming up. And for me, I can tell that you have experience and you're educated. Like, you're not using the music as just another hustle to get away from something. You really love it. Yes. It's a passion. Like, yes, sir. I feel as though a lot of artists like that, that they just want to jump into this game thinking they can get a quick dollar, don't understand what it takes to actually mm. form a song, form a rhyme, get with the right producer that's going to yeah. bring out that sound. They yeah. think, you know what? I'm locked up or I'm fucked up. Let me, do Let me get off the block. Let me get out of the cell. I'm going to just go ahead and be a rapper. It's not that easy. You know, you know what I mean? It's not that easy, <laughs> and the ones that make it, you know what I mean? It's a it's a struggle. Like it's not a a, a, a quick thing. The ones who really, if they come out the gate uh, and they swing it, it's quick. Yeah. Easy. They hear they hear the day gone tomorrow. Shit. Well, you know who told me this years ago? Jimmy Henchman. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I met. I know Cameron don't know my man, but I met Cash at Jimmy Henchman's office like ten years ago. Okay. The day I met them, he went and bought me a suit to go to a party. Not Kathy and Jimmy. Someone else gave somebody some money to go buy me a suit. It was Dio and, 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 and Cash. Mm. We went to some industry party. I forgot who party it was. And they bought... Cash, I know. He it was, uh, they went and, I didn't have a suit on me. They said, they said get this nigga a suit. Yeah. We, we were already in the garment district. I went around. They bought me like... I got like a tie or some shit. And I put the shit on and we ended up going to party. But that day, to answer the question, he said, Amir, every overnight success took 10 years. Mm-hmm. People may meet me today or may hit me for the first time, mm-hmm. but they don't know that a man had 10 years of nobody knowing who the fuck I was. Your man, my man right here behind me said, I never heard of you. Mm-hmm. My, I wouldn't, I'm glad you didn't hear me. You mm-hmm. know why? Because when you heard me for the first time, I was already polished. Right. And if he heard me in my progression, he may not be as like, oh shit, he nice. Mm-hmm. Or maybe not, he not nice. Mm-hmm. I don't know what he thought. And he a hard critic. He's a hard critic. Yeah. I could tell he was hard because he... Yeah, he, cause he because he because this is this is his passion, this is his passion. Love, right? and, I, and I like so he take it serious. Yeah, so I mean? so when you get people's ears that are seasoned and know the difference, how you supposed to be in pocket versus not being in pocket, subject matter, 
being able to you sound sounding comfy, you sounding clear, you concise, shit like that that you learn from being groomed, mm -hmm. but also repetition. Mm -hmm. um, so it's not just oh a lot of artists get on a rhyme okay they get in quick, but it's also short lived. Mm -hmm. Most guys that I see that were not polished or seasoned and were placed at the top of a mountain, they didn't climb up the mountain, right? So your legs are not strong. Right. My shit is strong. Right. I climbed up the mountain. Nobody placed me anywhere. Mm -hmm. So every oh, step shit. that I took, I built from those steps. Mm -hmm. So, and you build muscle memory in, the, in that journey. So I would tell if, if, yeah, they may run and sprint, somebody may place them, they may have got a bag, pay somebody to put mm -hmm. them on, but it won't last because mm -hmm. your legs are not strong enough to stand on the foundation you built. Mm -hmm. And that's the difference between an artist that I think took his steps, mm -hmm. took his bruises, took his losses, know what it's like to be humbled like a motherfucker by somebody telling you your shit ain't ready and you swear to God you that nigga. Yeah. You know, a lot of times you got the, the wrong people around yeah. you that's just gassing yeah. you up because like, yeah. I respect, you know, we got we got a few people in here with us, y'all. Like, y'all yeah. see us keep pointing and referring to Yeah, my people. bad, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we got Cash in here, we got producer O'Shea in it, you know, we in here just, we kicking and having a conversation, sitting down with a mayor. And when Cash told me about you, mm -hmm. like, I respect Cash here, just like I respect O'Shea's here. Yes, sir. So when Cash said he nice, I said, all right, well, I got to listen. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? So, yeah, Cash has never, like, steered me wrong on mm -hmm. when he said he fucking with artists, like, because he's okay. been in this game a minute, too. Yes. You know what I mean? And for you, you know, coming out of um, Mount Vernon, being introduced to CL Smooth, what was, like, that, what was that first initial thing or that feeling when you finally got in the studio with Pete Rock? Because now you... Hmm. You're now on True Soul, right? Yes, sir. I'm you on True Soul Records. Um, when I first, the first record that I, that I actually was was, was with CL, he did with the Heat Makers. It was a record. You just touching everybody, Heat Makers. Yeah. Yeah. No, 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 no. Because Austin, Austin is my man. Yeah. So I met him through CL Smooth as well. So CL Smooth had did a record with Austin this, when he was on fire called Warm Outside. Mm -hmm. I was in that session. Mm -hmm. I was on the record. My voice is on the hook, but but they never put feature in the man. I didn't care because I was my man. That was my OG. What I'm gonna mm -hmm. say, yo? Was, like, he said, yo, do the hook. He said, you ain't talking to me. You talking to them niggas. You don't hook ain't at me. Hook is at them. So mm -hmm. I, and then you don't doing the CL shit. And I I did the hook. It was me and the guy um uh Steve Opera. Remember that dude had the record called Killer Cam Cam. Yeah yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. It was me and him on the hook. I even wrote the part that he was singing too. So, but. This is if my OG's telling me like, yo, just do the record. I did the record and got up out of it. I it wasn't about no publishing, none of that. I just did the record. Then, but the price, what I did get paid was a a lifelong relationship, friendship with my man Austin. We still friends to this day. Mm -hmm. So yeah. it wasn't about it was about the relationships versus trying to get Money. a quick dollar. So yeah. to answer to even add furthermore to the question, is being able to cultivate and massage those relationships and and those shits really be, become friendships. Mm -hmm. Regardless if the music is there or not, they fuck with you. Right. Now, I'm gonna have you this. You said um, the money wasn't the the main objective for you at the time. It's the relationships. Mm -hmm. Now a lot of people get into it for just the money and don't realize that the relationships keep you longevity outside of you know the quick dollar. Yeah. Now, would what would your message be to the ones that's actually jumping into this just for? the money and think that, oh, if I just keep making a song with this person or hmm. you gotta give me the money, like, what would your message be to, like, if they want to be in this for a long time? Um, great question. I think that money, people, this is not the music friendship, it is the music business. So right. money is the, money is the driving force, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm not, when I say 
I didn't, I know I don't personally care about the money, but of course I want to be compensated for what I do, right? But if that, yeah. if that's the only reason why these artists are like, if you're jumping in it and you don't have anything going on, if you're paying uh, for a feature and you didn't work for to build up for somebody to want to do the feature with you because they fuck with you, you may not live, you can't that kind of, let's say, you got to test the posture of that business decision, right? right? So now, what is the risk of you making that decision? Are you going to be in the red or the green or the yellow? So if I'm constantly paying out, paying out, eventually I'm going to go into the red because now I'm in the negative because I'm not recouping what I'm paying out my pocket for features. And even on the label, when you're paying for features and the record, doesn't, the record doesn't sell or whatever, but if you can get on the road and make it and, and, and put some fuel to it or put some videos, whatever you choose to do as a form of outlet to, let's say, uh, push that particular record or... Uh, I, w- I would probably suggest that. Yeah, you focus on the relationship because the money will go. The relationship stays and, and you may get longer money. It may not be as much up front. When you hot, mm-hmm. you hot. You got to strike. Yes, I'm not telling nobody not to yeah. strike when I hot. Get your bag for sure. But uh, be strategic once you get it. Mm-hmm. Strategic placement of your dollar after right. you get the after you get the joint because a lot of dudes may get it bro and they you know I seen for instance I was watching an interview the other day with the kid Mims yeah. people mm-hmm. thought Mims didn't get paid Mims went into technology yeah. right Right. now he may not be a programmer at XYZ but he was sharp enough to know look I'm not as on fire as I was because nobody stays on fire forever mm-hmm. right you burn out. Anything that stays in the fire too long burns. No matter how you metaphorically or literally, you're going to burn out. Mm-hmm. He chose and went the next way. So I would say think a little bit ahead if you're going to, you know, be in it for the money, whatever money you obtain, that you have another uh, plan in effect. And that's not to say a blanket statement of a plan, but a real plan is going to work. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to tell you to go do real estate or go sell stocks because you may not, that may not be your thing. But whatever you can do, I think, to put you in a position of... Uh, letting your money work for you. You figure that out. Uh, that part you got to figure out for yeah. So what works for your personality, I would say. Right. But the relationship, I would take the relationship. Me personally, I would tell them to make sure the relationship is stronger than the money. Facts. Right. And tell everybody, you got an EP coming up. Tell everybody oh, yeah, about, my this, bad. about the, this EP. It was actually, so it's a whole mixtape, man. It's, a, it's really an album, man. Mm-hmm. So me and Pete did a joint. We did two. Well, actually, the album we doing together, uh, the album itself is called Dope Boy Soul. Mm-hmm. But what I play for you I play a little bit of both for you guys, right? So, but the 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 mixtape, which is really not, it's all original beats, so it's kind of like an album. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It is an album. Yeah. <laughs> so that's called worth this weight, worth this weight and soul. Mm-hmm. Semicolon twenty one grams. Mm-hmm. Now, um, you looked at me when I said that. Okay. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. So I told you before. Yeah. 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 So uh, the twenty one grams. People are like, oh, you talking about dope? No, I'm talking about like, like I said before. Um, Work this weight and soul. I, it was a, it was a, it's a theory. It's not um, necessarily scientifically proven, but I, when I, when I read about it or came across information, it was crazy. They said that they did a study when, in the early ninth, in the early twentieth century, where when people were dying or transcending into the next realm, that the body would lose twenty one grams of weight. So mm-hmm. when I read it, when I came across the information, I said, oh shit, that's your soul. So they started to say your soul weighed 21 grams. Mm-hmm. So when I came across it, I started to be like, oh, this is crazy. It'd be an ill name for a tape. I'm on True Soul Records. The shit is dope, boy. So people are going to affiliate the grams right. with XYZ. But really, right. I'm speaking. I'm trying to take you 
to another level to somewhere else with yeah. me but i know that, that crazy. i know i knew that would get you <laughs> right so worth this weight this is called worth is weight and soul mm-hmm. semicolon 21 grams and that's the project and pete heard it he said oh yeah fuck with that he said you good at this shit huh and he, so that was that and then the album is called dope boy soul and the dope boy soul monica kind of comes from you heard the records. It do sound like Dope Boy Soul, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. So I guess the music sounds like... So the, I guess the Dope Boy Soul somebody who has the spirit of a hustler. Yeah. So if you get up and go to work, you get up and go to school, whatever you do, dig worms, I don't give a fuck what you do, but if you... It's Dope Boy Soul, you got to hustle. Yeah, you got to be, be starving to be digging worms. Yeah. Listen, 46, 40 million people look plus 30, 40 million people lost their job. Somebody's digging worms, yeah, man. Somebody's yeah, somebody's digging them. Just That's a fact. And you, you fuck around and get rich selling bait and tackle. Mm-hmm. We're going to be looking at this shit like he did say they was going to sell some worms. Yeah. Shit. I yeah. should have invested and bought some stock in the worms. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so you got a date that that's coming out, like, or you just like? No, actually, it's, it's to, to be determined now because I think we're in the, we're in actually in the not really the mixing but the mastering phase mm-hmm. of both projects. Um, mm-hmm. But I know we're gonna master the work this way and soul um, project first. Um, I think the Dope Boy Soul album is probably more sounds more polished you mm, know, because of like, yeah. Right. Cause, but the, but yeah, because it went through the processes already. But the the one the other one joints ain't haven't been touched mm-hmm. thoroughly like, like that. You know, my man Weeks mix uh, mix the joints. G Weeks, mm-hmm. my man out of Boston. I work with him, super good dude. And um, Pete Pete approved of his mixes, so we, that's what I've been rocking with. Yeah, I see. I, mean, I got a two part question for you. Right, the first part is, who is your who's the person you want to feature with that's alive? Mm. Number one feature that you would love to get, and who's the feature that you wish you could have if they were still alive? I'm gonna answer the questions in reverse. Okay. You know what I'm gonna say. I, I probably would, I would want to do a record with Heavy D. Right. Period. Mount Vernon affiliation. Yeah, because for so many reasons, you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying. Um, paying homage. Nasty on the mic. Paying homage. Mm-hmm. He knows how to make big records. You know what I'm saying. He's he's proven that. Mm-hmm. Um, and the lessons I actually learned a couple lessons from him too, mm-hmm. but. Just because, but I never got a chance to do it. You know, right. everybody else from the Ville got a good joint that was on, got a record. I, 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 I didn't get one. You know, you know, you know, people when they see this or hear this, they gonna be like, yeah, I thought he was gonna say Tupac. They always, it's yeah. always the same. They always do record every day. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, for facts. Um, that's gone, and for that's alive. Man, if you telling me one damn, I today, yeah, today my answer would be. Bro, I, I'm a thought of between two. Fuck it. Uh-huh. I would probably spar between either Hove and second person would be. I'm trying to feel Kendrick Lamar. Thank God. Thought you were gonna say Eminem. Yeah, uh, I would go between <laughs> Cole and Jay and Kendrick. I thought he was gonna say J. Cole. Yeah. Nah. I would. I would go with. I would go with those two. Because I know when I go in there, I got to go in there two guns up, bazookas yeah. out in the booth because they're going to try to take my... Because you can't play with them. You know what I'm saying? They get in the mic, you know for a fact when you go in there, it's 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 like Morpheus fighting Neo in the Matrix. Yeah. And, that, and that part, he was like, yo, you got to run in the booth with that type of vibe because I know how they coming. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. They're not coming to play with me, and I'm not coming to play with them. But it's all love. Yeah, but that, I mean that comes from your background too. Yeah. Like you already been in a the booth with killers and grew up around. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean, you already, yeah. Because yeah. a mic so killer is different than yeah. a killer trying to kill you. So because you gotta live with that every time somebody hit the button, <laughs> bomb. Somebody yeah, kill like, you once, you gone. So, oh my God, so look at him. He look at him. The, the man right now look is different from the, the man ten years ago. The man right now can go in the booth with a hove and a Kendrick because you oh, yeah, see yeah, 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 You're yeah, polished. Yeah, yeah. Like ten I'm, years I'm ago, you might have been out of your league. Yeah. Respectfully, yeah, you respe- been, that's disrespectfully you know and respectfully. Yeah, I might, take that with the disrespect yeah. and the respect. Motherfucker, <laughs> well, I'm nice. No, <laughs> no, because no, them niggas is uh, e- elite. Yeah. yeah. Let's tip. Let's get. But I have no problem praising black men and people of my people, my culture. Like, either. It's a lot of niggas that's dead nice. Mm-hmm. Those ain't the only two I would do a joint. But I'm saying, but I know they killers. Yeah. I know I can't go in there. You heard. You heard when Kendrick dropped the control. He came at everybody. Yeah. I need that energy on me. I, oh, that's how we coming. But I mean, that's how. I mean, that's how that's, it's coming up. Yeah. Now. Everybody. Everybody. Uh, you know, I don't want to promote beef, but sometimes people just a little bit too friendly. Y'all be wanting to hear people going up in the booth and, and think t- about tear each other head off. That's a fact. Like, because I like that. That that like that's, that's, what's that, that, that competitive that, edge. That, that, that Jada. Yeah. Uh, that Jada and Fab. What was that? Oh, that, uh, yeah, Freddy I thought I thought I, it, it, it sounded good, but it sounded like it they so held funny. back. They held back. Oh, you talking about the, the verses shit? No, nah, the oh, you talking about the, the, the mixtape? Yeah, it nah. felt like it felt like they had too much respect Let's for each see, other. See, the album was chopping. better than the mixtape. Let's say this though: when niggas is playing each other in the NBA playoffs, all of us could have went to the same school, played yeah. the, played on the same team. But if I see any one of you niggas on the court, mm-hmm. I gotta go at you. Yeah. And when not you go, you gonna probably say to me, "Why you do me like, like, bro? You you been a, you wasn't you wasn't ready, was you, yeah. you? You been playing with me since we was in college? It's a competition. Like you I'm here to win. I'm not here to play. I'm not off and hug him later. Yeah, I'm playing him. to win. I'm not playing to please. Right. And that's how. I never forget when this kid told me this shit in school. He said, "Man, I, I was playing ball, right? The kid, he, you know, niggas picking you outside on the court, like, yo, I got you." He said, "It picked over me." Mm-hmm. Nigga leaned over to me, said, "Yo, my nigga." You my man, but I ain't picking. I'm picking to win. I ain't picking to please. Yeah, that shit stung a nigga. Yeah, <laughs> stung me. I'm yeah. talking about it today. I'm trying to fit you on that bitch. <laughs> I can see it in your eyes. It's still bothering like you this. Probably, but it, it did something to me, man. It was like it was one of those moments. I'm, like it was a it, like you said a painful moment. That yeah. shit was painful. Give me nigga. the rock now. He said I'm picking to win, nigga. Yeah. I'm not. You my man, but. I ain't picking the please. I'd have though. been out that bitch trying to do everything. Trying to on <laughs> that nigga. I'm finger, in the shit. Behind the back. You know how when niggas lose and then the next I'm just ready to go with him now. So but I but what it did, it taught me so much and I still carry that mentality when you making business and creative moves. You got you right. I'm not put somebody in the track because you my man. Facts. Now we about to get up out of here, but I need, yes. I need, so I need to answer, answer, this last, this, answer this last question before we get up out of here. Yes, sir. Tell, tell the world, to everybody, what you want the world to know about Amir that we don't know. You took the question out of my mouth. I was waiting. I'm that. sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, but, but, but know what? We were so into the conversation. I'm sorry. I'll definitely say this, man, that, you know, um, that I am the original Peace Beloved. When okay. people run around talking all that Peace Beloved, big facts. Mm-hmm. As you, can see, know. you know, you can go look it up on Google, whatever. The term mm-hmm. beloved, and a lot of people run around saying this shit now. I'm cool with that. Mm-hmm. And I don't own the term. Mm-hmm. But the, when you greet somebody, peace beloved, just know you're looking at the person who invented it. And if it's spread through our hip hop culture, oh. mm-hmm. I'm the person documented 
that yeah. that was my greeting. You know who I thought you saying that the most. Oh, oh, no, oh my God. You know who they going to say? Oh, he going to say Lux and shit. No, 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 but you know what? Let's talk about it. It's cool. No, no, listen. God, God bless the dead. God bless my man Fred. Fred if Fred was alive, yeah. Austin, is, you could ask all. You could ask Fred. You could ask niggas in that studio. It was only three niggas in New York talking like that. Yeah. Lux said beloved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was always peace, beloved, as a greeting. Mm-hmm. It's a difference. My shit was a what's up. His was like, you love it. Like, mm-hmm. that was, yeah. that's not a greeting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's still part of the beloved army. Yeah. Still my brother. You bro, you bro he hot. Fuck, he pulled at me for it. Yeah, you hot, brother. <laughs> Listen. Pull your dress so up. when you yeah. see this shit, when, even when you see this, this is peace, beloved. You're going to see these hitting. Yeah. I'm just letting yeah. you know, I'm the original peace, beloved, though. Facts, I like that. Yeah. Hey, check this out, man. And I want you to tell everybody where they can find you at. Yeah, indeed, man. Um, oh yeah, twenty fifth hour, man. Uh, number two, number five, T H H R U hour, man. You know, break it up, twenty fifth hour, man. That's on Twitter, Instagram, and everywhere else, man. You can see me right there. Get in touch with me, man. I'm easily, I'm accessible and visible. Facts, uh, and we definitely appreciate you. Now, I appreciate you guys for having yeah. me, man. Definitely right. listening to the records. Yeah, and I hope y'all excited, you know, when this shit drop, man. Definitely. Yeah. Go ahead, Flesh. Drop your, drop your Instagram <laughs> and Twitter or whatever I'm it is you want for people man. to follow you at Flesh. <laughs> oh, yeah, you already shit. know it's Flesh 410 on all social media groups. Go ahead, Conway, bro. You already know talk to him, Conway. Yeah. There you go. He always flexing. You, know, you can follow me. You can follow me on Instagram, man. I tried to use that as my Twitter joint, too. Big Brooklyn. Somebody took that shit. No, we're not paying you no attention, man. You can follow me on Instagram at Eric410. This has been another edition of yes, Perfect sir. Sense right here on UnifiedRadio.tv. And we see y'all the same time, same Unified channel next week. Peace. Peace. Yeah. Peace. Peace.